Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I hope you've had a great day. And thank you for uh, spending some time with me today. I want this to be a joyous classroom. So when you uh, step into the show, you're going to be learn- learning something and growing in your faith. And I love Ephesians 1.17. I will read it. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what I hope I do every day on this show, is that you will know him better. And I've got uh, quite a show for you today. I'm going to bring on Patrick in just a minute, because that merry heart is like good medicine. I've always believed that. And he is a comedian friend of mine that I always enjoy talking to. Then the Monday afternoon mix is going to follow. I've got a special hour, too. I've got Dr. Greg Allison, who's written a book called 40 Questions About Roman Catholicism. And I haven't grown up Catholic myself, and Rosie grew up Catholic as well. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who was asking me questions as he was uh, very curious about Catholicism, and I realized that a lot of my training and understanding about my Catholic upbringing kind of ceased around 8th or ninth grade, and I was not able to answer his questions very well. So I thought, I'm going to call Dr. Greg Allison, and he said, I'd love to come on the show. So that's going to be hour two. Looking forward to it. Speaking of growing up Catholic, my friend Patrick Albanese did that as well. Came from a family of seven, and all seven Albanese kids were lined up in, I think, the front pew at Mass every yep. week. Well, there was eight of them. Eight, eight, eight of course. Yeah, eight. For some reason, you always forget me in that group. I never, I never <laughs> you know? include you in the group. I think of the the, the other all. Never include me in the group. Yes. So shame on me. Yeah, because you know it's like when you say well, I grew up with seven siblings, then that number seven sticks in your head. It does. It, it does. But yeah. 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 Dad had us ducks in a row, uh, and I'm and you know it, often it was either done chronologically or by height. You know. <laughs> yeah. And how much grease was in uh, your hair back then? You know, not much. Okay. It's, it's so funny. Uh, my dad used this product called Tres Flores. It has a very distinct smell. I think you could still get it. It was lime green in the jar, and I believe it imparted a, a slight green tint to your hair. <laughs> what would be the reason for that? Who wants green hair? Well, I should I don't be know. careful. But I, I was recently talking to a, a friend in town uh, who was also of Italian heritage, uh, lost his father uh, also at a young age. And we were chatting and I said, you know, there are distinct things I can always remember about my dad. I can call back the image immediately. And it was this hair gel that he put in. Mm. And he said, he goes, was it Tres Flores? (laughs) (laughs) Really? So apparently between his dad and my dad, and I'm guessing this must have been an Italian thing. Mm-hmm. That this this was a product that Italian men put in their hair, and nobody else was either allowed to, or <laughs> or, 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 or or knew not to. This, it makes your hair just a a bit green, but it, it's so it's funny. Every now and then I'll see a jar of it, and I don't know why I don't just buy a jar of it. Would you do Would you do something like this? You'd say this is a distinct smell. Yes, is reminds me of my dad. Buy a jar of it, stick it on the shelf, and just every now and then I'd crack it open. And you know he's been gone. 
just this uh, within the last couple of weeks, it's been forty eight years. Mm-hmm. But that smell would bring it all back. Well, they say that your smell is the last sense to go, and it's the strongest uh, sense you have is sense of smell. So wow. it, it, in fact, would bring back all kinds of memories. And I think you should yes. get a jar of it and at least at least use it once a year on St. Patrick's Day. So you get a little green in your hair. Yes, just a little, a little, a little tint, and uh, yeah, and then maybe my kids in in fifty years will say there was this stuff that my dad right. <laughs> would use, right? Horrible stuff, but with a dollar ninety five a jar, <laughs> and it lasted a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, pa- Patrick Albanese uh, is I, my guest. He's my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. I always like starting off my week on a lighter note because a merry heart is like good medicine, and we all need lots of good medicine. Uh, the world has got all kinds of trouble, and I, I think we have to be able to uh, look at the lighter side of life. I was thinking of my I, compassion I feel yeah. for certain athletes. I like love watching the Twins play, and if they come out and score five runs in the first inning, I, I love it, but I always feel a little sorry for the pitcher. I don't know what that is about my compassion level, but I feel s- sorry sometimes. And then, of course, over the weekend, this golf tournament, uh, Scotty Scheffler had a lead through 70 holes. He had a six-stroke lead and blew it with a couple holes left to go and <laughs> lost out <laughs> on first prize uh, money, which was $18 million. That's a substantial uh, sum. Second okay. prize was six million, so you know, not a bad day at the office. Yeah, but quite yeah, so a he got second prize because I think third place is a set of steak. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly, and fourth place you're fired, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So now, of course, I I, I struggle to feel sympathy because he still walked away with six million dollars, mm-hmm. but but it's so close. You know, don't you feel uh, sorry for him? Like if that was your your cousin and he choked with two holes to go, I do. But no, no. Let me ask you this: riddle me this, Batman. Okay. <laughs> uh, because there are times where that rule doesn't apply, and that is when it's really okay. So you might say, I feel a little bit sorry for the visiting pitcher that is currently uh, being, you know, he's not doing very well against my team. Right. But I, but it's, but it's my team. So. Uh, I remember the uh, 19, I think it was 1986 Super Bowl from the 1985 season. It might have been the Chicago Bears. I don't know. Okay. It, it could have been. Let's just say that it was the Chicago Bears. And I remember everything about the game. And I remember they were playing the New England Patriots. And the Patriots, I think, jumped out to a 10 to nothing lead. And the, the Bears had gone 15 and 1 that season. Mm-hmm. And I was in the room with a bunch of Patriot fans. And they were really dishing it out to me, the Chicago Bear fan, who would not have. Uh, uh, maybe have gotten so large in their face uh, <laughs> had it been had the tables been turned right but uh but I let them dish it out now by the time the game ends, the Patriots still had those ten points, so that 's the good news <laughs> <laughs> yeah Chicago Bears had uh forty six of their own, however. <laughs> And I have to admit that I didn't feel a whole lot of sympathy for the Patriot team okay. at that point in time, nor my 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 friends. But I, uh, for Scotty Scheffler, I, I feel sympathy the same way I'd feel sympathy for – do you remember Scott Nora? What does that name ring a bell? Uh, no. He's – okay. I will say two words. Wide right. Okay. Say more. Buffalo Bills, 
Buffalo Bills, I think it was their fourth Super Bowl, almost consecutive Super Bowl loss. And they were finally going to win one. All they had to do was get in a chip shot, and he missed it. Oh, 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 oh yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Or Bill Buckner, the Bill, famous Bill, Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner, yes. And, of course, uh, that happened in the wee hours of the morning because it was in uh, extra innings, and Mookie Wilson hits this basic uh, ground ball to first, and it goes right through his legs. And the Mets yes. win. And the Mets win. Yeah, and then they go on was... to win, and they could have had a World Series the next title. Game. But I think Buckner yeah. spent the so rest were... of his life uh, being pointed out as the guy that blew it. Yeah, That's no he's fun. actually roommates with he's roommates with Scott Kerwood. <laughs> 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 the two of them, and nobody knows nobody knows where they live. <laughs> yeah, but I, be- I believe they work at the local big box store uh, in back, so they just don't have a whole lot of uh, contact with the public. But, yeah. but we also have to remember these were highly paid athletes. Yeah, of course they were. And mistakes happen, and they've had you know marvelous lives, and you can't reduce their life to. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to say, wow. Uh, you know, I remember when Walter, when the Bears won that Super Bowl, Walter Payton, who deserves it, finally got a Super Bowl ring. But could you say that that that, that man's career or life, had he never achieved the Super Bowl ring, had no value? No, I wouldn't say that. You would never say no, that. You'd say it's a shame he didn't get a su- Dan Marino never got a Super Bowl ring. That's hard to believe. One of the greats. I know. Yeah. Yes, Patrick Albany is, is my guest. He's my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Uh, Patrick, I just had David uh, chime in and say, for us, it was Brill Cream. So whatever, whatever French-oriented, uh, you know, goo your dad put in his hair, uh, David was yeah, using Brill Cream. I remember the Brill Cream. Oh I yeah, think there was a there was a tube of that. Uh, okay, easily mistaken for, for toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever brush your teeth with Brill Cream? That's a better question. Mm-hmm. That's a better. I did. I did not. But you mm-hmm. know, if the tube was rolled up enough, and all you saw was the, you know, the 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 cream part of it, you'd say, I, "This must be the toothpaste." Right. Uh, you know, except it, it did have a distinct because I believe didn't men just put straight on Vaseline in their hair back then? Yes, they did. They would just slick it back with yeah. Vaseline. Just slick it back, and now I think I understand because Trace Flores was. Kind of like that uh, Vaseline base. Now I know my mom, why my mother did so much laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense now, doesn't it? It does. It's like we're always washing pillowcases, mom. I don't understand. Yeah, we're always washing. What pillowcases. do you do with laundry every day, mom? All right, let me take a break. Yeah. When I come back, you gave me a very interesting insight to James chapter four. You were pondering, and I read it and I thought, oh, is it ever good? And maybe we'll ponder it together when we come back. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. And always glad to have a merry heart because it's like good medicine. And I love it. Be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I don't know if I'll ever hear that song again and not think of Patrick Albanese, who's my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. That is his walk-up music, and uh, if I only had a brain. 
And we should always remind people that uh, I chose it. I know you did. No, I know. Yeah, you didn't choose. You know, they, I don't want people thinking, well, Bill, you know, really, that's, Took a dig that's at not a very nice thing to do. No, I know. Uh, you, you had said, hey, uh, for our segment, you have a, a song, and I did not hesitate. I know you didn't. It was yeah. instantaneous. Yeah, you said, love- what would you like for your walk-up music? I said, if I only had a brain. I okay. love so. that. So yeah. let me also say, if Faith Radio has become a part of your daily journey with God, I'm so excited that it is. And we'd love to hear your story, especially if you've got one you want to share. And you can share how God is using Faith Radio to encourage you and help you grow in your faith. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. The one came in last week from a listener who was so charming and so lovely. And she was saying that she was, uh, during COVID, sewing masks and doing all kinds of things and discovered Afternoons with Bill. And she listened for a year. So she knows all about you, Patrick Albanese, uh, because you were oh. on during that year. And then she said, I woke up one morning and I thought, huh, wonder what else there is on Faith Radio. And she discovered Carmen in the morning. So what a what a lovely testimony that is to how Faith Radio is but working in someone's life. She hasn't abandoned us, though, has she? For, she better for not. Have. She better <laughs> I, not. I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> By the way, I, I, and I don't know if you're allowed to to boast, but uh, I sometimes you do. You ever do like a good deed and you say, "I really feel good about what I just did," <laughs> and I, I, you know, you want to brag about it, and you probably shouldn't because you should have a little bit of humility. Well, I just want you to know, I was at the grocery store before coming on the radio today, and I replaced two of the shelf tags that I knocked off. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> Two of the three. Yeah. Two of the three. I mean, you normally, I, that's kind of my limit. I go, I, these things, they're always in the way, right? You reach to grab a can of black beans and you knock the tag off. I might have gotten them in the wrong spot, so I, I certainly hope Slim Jims are thirty two ninety five. Anyway, I'm just bragging a little bit. I get it. I get it. You're yeah. awfully, uh, awfully nice to do that. So anyway, you yeah. sent me uh, James chapter 4 that you were pondering, and it started with, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it because there's a whole army of evil desires within you? Well, Patrick Albanese, I have to say that's a pretty uh, profound statement coming from James, and that is troubling because it is the root cause of a lot of quarrels and fights. Selfishness. Yes. Selfishness. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, there were this, are you reading which uh, version are you uh, The one you sent this? me. I can't remember. Did I send you the NLV or did I say I probably sent you NIV version? Probably it's NIV. interesting. Like the Living Bible, they they sometimes uh, make it uh, a little, you know, some. Like I think the first version I read, it didn't talk about. You know, it says you you des- you desire, but you do not have, so you kill, and 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 that really rubbed me. I said, well, I mean, that seems pretty drastic. But yeah. I I realized that that kill can have many connotations. I mean, sometimes. Uh, you can just you can kill somebody's hope or or dream just by you know being very negative about it because you don't want to you know it's the crabs in the basket you don't want them to exceed beyond you or succeed beyond you or you don't want them to continue their you know they're they're having a good run and you're jealous of it so you try to kill their their desire or as I say, it didn't mean that you physically it didn't have to mean that right. you physically kill right. I'm and, pretty sure that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was. I'm. I'm pretty sure this is the New Living Translation because as I'm reading this and it says, uh, "You long for what others have and can't afford it, so you start a fight to take it away from them." And yet, the reason you yes. don't have what you want is you don't ask God for it. 
And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole aim is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And I I think we do go to God with prayer requests uh, that are self-seeking because if we went and asked God for everything that was in perfect alignment with his will, we would get everything we prayed for. Right. But but don't we, I, I can only speak for myself uh, and my kids. I can speak for my right. kids. And your dog. Uh, the dog, yes, because uh, he lacks voice. Right. But um, I know that it, it, it's scary sometimes to open yourself up to God and say, whatever you want for me. I'm ready to receive it. I'm open to it. My, you know, I, 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 I mean, it, it makes sense why sometimes when people get desperate, they finally say, God, just, just tell me what you want. And then that's when things turn around for them. Cause it, it's, it's almost like God is saying, okay, finally, you're ready to listen. Yeah. I have, I do have things for you, but that's, you, you didn't want to hear it. It's a beautiful place when you're at that point of surrender where you're saying not my will, but thy will be done. And that's a beautiful place to be. Do we live in fear that that uh, that what God might lay before us is something that we don't want? No, or I, 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 I think we get caught up in in fear mongering within our own mind. I don't know if God would ever place you in a position where you're miserable. I don't know if that's not the way God operates. Right. God will right. allow challenges and trials and difficulties in your life, but He also is going to come alongside and be with you through every step of the way. So when you have yeah. him, you have everything. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you know they like in in life they the the adages that we love to live by. You know, when one door closes, another one opens, uh, and uh, which is fine. You know, I I of course am no fan of the slamming sound that first door makes, <laughs> right? Because it's somewhat frightening, and the dark hallway in between those two doors because they aren't simultaneous events. But I find that whenever uh, that happens to me in life, that 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 dark hallway is when the trust in God happens. I it's it's as if I needed hmm. that time. That I don't want to say I don't want to call it darkness and it is a negative thing. I needed almost that solitude and that time alone with God to say, okay, I can't see, so I have to trust you. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the door tends to open for me. Uh, I don't know if other people have a similar experience, but. Uh, yeah, when I'm between those things, that's never a fun place to be, but it seems to be where the most growth happens. Does that make any sense? It makes because a ton of I'm, sense. And that makes yeah. not only a ton of sense, but it also uh, reminds me that God is infinitely interested when you are in the hallway and one door has closed and not and, and another one has not opened yet. So he's very interested in your heart. And are you leaning on him? Are you depending on him? And yeah. so that's that's a beautiful place to be, as challenging as it is, and as difficult you, as it can be. You know how uh, a lot of times you you'll see this the the cliche they'll use it in movies uh, where something's about to happen, and there's always the character off to the side says, "Wait for it, wait for it." Sometimes in that dark hallway, I I do think it's almost like God is looking at me saying, "Wait for it, <laughs> just it's coming." Don't you? You just keep trusting. You mm-hmm. need to trust his heart. Yeah, it can be. It says in uh, James chapter 4, it says, But when he gives us more and more strength to stand against all such evil longings, as the scripture says, God gives strength to the humble, but sets himself against the proud and haughty. 
<sighs> yeah, so it's good to good to be humble, good to go to God in a place of surrender and say, not my will, but thy will be done, and then wait upon the Lord. Psalm 4610, be patient and know that I am God. Okay, so here's a part of uh, James that I, I really liked because it says, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I, I I love that because, you know, sometimes you, you want to think or you want to fear that, uh, that that there's very little you can do. But but you but but God says I'm here. You resist the devil; he'll run away from you. If you come close to me, I come close to you. Yeah, yeah. Flee from him. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yep. Oh, everything's so simple when you put it that way. <laughs> well, I know. So when we ponder uh, James chapter four a little bit today, uh, Patrick Albanese, I think to myself, we are selfish by nature. And we do quarrel and have fights. And I see it more and more in today's world than ever before. Maybe I'm just paying better attention, but it seems like there's more and more opportunities for people to be at odds with each other. And they may not go about it in a kind and respectful way. You know, it's it, it's funny. I think part of what got this to stick in my head is uh, we saw uh, a play yesterday, To Kill a Mockingbird, and the, the hero, Atticus Finch, is always throughout making excuses for people that have horrific behavior. And he says, until you're inside of them and you don't know what, what you, where they're coming from, and he's such a forgiving man, and, and it drives the people around him crazy that, that he is so considerate of people that deserve no consideration, according to the rest of us, that, that, that not that guy, not her, not him, not this person. And you realize that this is what a God-fearing man does. This yeah. is what he's living. He's, he says, you know, you're not in there and mm. you, you deserve, they deserve that courtesy from you. Mm-hmm. It's not, not your job. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's hard, but he did it. Yeah. Patrick, we just have about a, a minute left and I, I would love for you to uh, share with me again, your going into a department store to buy a bathroom scale. Ah, uh, well, I, Needed a new bathroom scale uh, because I have to weigh myself, apparently. Okay. And uh, it was nice. The local store had uh, all of them out on display, and you could try them. <laughs> so uh, I tried seven of them yeah. and got seven different weights. Okay. <laughs> I got seven different results. So, of course, I bought the one where I came out the lightest. Uh, I figured that I, I I entered the store one weight and I left the store five pounds lighter. <laughs> I think it's the easiest easiest weight loss program in the world. Yeah, pick your scale scale carefully, folks. Yes, that's a spectacular diet plan. So uh, thank you for sharing yeah. that story with others. I think it'll be helpful. Patrick, have yeah. a great rest of the day. Thanks for uh, getting things started off on a lighter note. I always enjoy uh, doing that. And a merry heart is like good medicine. So thanks for being with me. Thank you. You bet. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix is about to happen with a special message from Rosie B. You're going to be blessed by this. Hour two just ahead, Dr. Greg Allison's joining me. He's written a book called 40 Questions About Roman Catholicism. I bet you've got a question or two, and I'm anxious to hear from you. You can send the questions over anytime, 877-933-2484. You better chase all your cares away. Sing hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready. For the judgment day, the sun is shining. Come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah! Come on, get happy. 
It is time for the Monday afternoon mix. Monday, 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 mix, mix, mix. Pastor David oh Miles, and Rosie B. Monday's a great day. It's a great it day. It is Seriously. a great day. Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody tell me earlier today, they were like, oh. I said, what's going on? They're like, I feel like I'm the Monday, Monday blahs. I said, really? I'm like, it's a, you know, a beautiful day, and it truly is. So, and every day, this is yeah. the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And I'm not opposed to a four-day weekend. I'll say, it, I'll, say it, I'll say it right now up front. I have no problem with that idea. I think that's next week, right? It is next it is week. Next yeah. week. Yeah. Three days. Yeah. So that'll be good. That'll be three-day week. But is it three really days. a, is it a rest weekend? Because one of those days is called Labor Day. I know. So we must labor on that <laughs> at day. At the state fair. Yes. So, at the, at the, <laughs> anyway, food on that a stick. is laboring. Seriously, yeah. eating food on a stick? My yeah. goodness. <laughs> Now, not many w- would know this because not everyone comes to our uh, staff meeting on Monday morning. And Rosie gave the devotional today. And I have to say, it was amazing. Oh, well, Rosie's amazing. amazing. I know so she if is. you have Rosie, the Word of God devotion, I mean, like, exactly. boom. Exactly. Like, seriously. So, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B., uh, who make up the Monday afternoon mix, I want to point a little bit more attention to Rosie B. today, and I want her to talk a little bit about this amazing devotion she gave. And I'd like to read the scripture that she used to set up her devotion. Well, Make- I'm hyped, Bill, because the real wisdom is coming exactly. on the show today. So. Exactly. Oh, please, exactly. it is getting thick in here. So here's the <laughs> passage, Luke chapter 23, verse 26. And here's what that verse says. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Oof. There's a lot in there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Rosie B., what do you got? So um, I have struggled with this scripture, this one verse. You know, everybody has a verse that they love. I um, grew up Catholic, and since I was little, really struggled with this verse. And I struggled with it for a lot of reasons. Um, primarily because I didn't like that it, the words seized and that here Simon was just walking along by himself and minding his own business. And he gets called into this whole operation of helps to help Christ. And, you know, we, scripture doesn't tell us if he already knew who Christ was. Um, but from Matthew and Mark and Luke, it's just one verse in each of them. We get a picture that perhaps he was he stumbled upon this um, situation with Jesus walking to the cross, and so I I had issue with it, and I remember having consternation growing up about it. And somewhere along my line, I've heard that when there is a scripture that sits in your craw a little bit, mm-hmm. there's probably some sin life in you. There's a reason why that is upsetting you, and for some people, it's a, uh, the son, uh, the prodigal son. You know, the son who did everything right. So for some people, it's that verse. For some um, women, it's First Peter and be submissive to your husbands. There's so many verses in scripture that can cause us pain. And and so why is that? Well, um, probably no surprise, Bill, because you and I have talked about it on air before. But by the time I was 36, when I was saved, my mom had been in uh, 21 treatment centers by that time. For alcohol. For alcohol. Mm-hmm. And... She battled that, but in the battle of her addiction, there was many times that that rolled over into my family life. And you can imagine, you know, it started when I was about 10 or so that 
there's a lot of injustice in that. There's a lot of things I saw, my siblings saw that were, that my mom went through that had a real good fertile ground for injustice, right? I had reasons to have, um, people would say I'd had reasons for feeling difficulty against my mom or feeling, feeling harsh, harsh feelings towards her mm-hmm. for what the alcohol and the addiction that was doing to my life. And we'd have to come to the rescue and chaos came in, right? So uh, you don't need a PhD to figure out the soil that I was under. And there's a lot of people in their life where things are unfair in their life. And I will say that as much as God is a respecter of all of us, he loves all of us, the enemy doesn't give one hoots and hoots eye about how unfair your life has been. And he will take that opportunity to plant seeds of, in my case, unforgiveness, control, selfishness, um, arrogance. And so in that injustice, all those seeds, they took root and I fed them. I had a zillion examples of why that was the reason I interpreted that scripture as harsh. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, fast forward 23 years and um, in my family life, my siblings, I have nine siblings and there's always things that need to be helped with nine siblings, my life included. There's just been a lot of need for help lately. And I realized at the end of this summer, as God was reviewing what's been happening um, in my family with me for the last year or so, he reminded me of the scripture. And I hadn't thought of it for probably a good 15 years. So somewhere in those 23 years, God had been doing a work in my heart. And here I was coming to the aid of my siblings now, no control, no unforgiveness, no judgment, no arrogance, willing to step in and help. So somewhere God had gotten those plants that the enemy had planted that I had allowed and he uprooted them, according mm-hmm. to Matthew fifteen thirteen. So he had me look back um, to the scripture. Again, he reminded me of the scripture. And then I looked at it so different, so different that helping is really inconvenient. You know, Simon was seized. And seized. So, seized. Mm-hmm. And so it's often when we are called to help, it's that call in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. But... What I learned this time around without those seeds of resentment and judgment coloring my vision, what I saw this time was this beautiful, these beautiful opportunities that when you get to come and help and you get these moments with those that you are helping that I call God's gold, G squared, mm-hmm. um, that are treasures for me. And I realized in that moment that because of those old feelings when I were young, um, uh, they, because of those old feelings, I had missed God's gold. Wow, that's Rosie B. Uh, This is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles. And David, uh, your initial thoughts to this uh, amazing view of Luke 23 that Rosie's sharing. Well, you know, first of all, Rosie, thank you for, you know, sharing your heart on this and, you know, um, in your journey. Um, Because there's there's been this ravaging of, of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And, and people's life. And I just had someone on Sundays stand with me for several long minutes and kind of discussing that that background. Um, but it's neat, again, because you're allowing God's word um, to filter through your life and to empower and to speak to you 
um, and to draw you unto himself. Like it, this took hold mm-hmm. of you uh, in, in a good way. And like coming to see how God worked through with that freedom and being loosened from those things to be able to come back and look at, at this word. Well, and he's so, um, he's so good. I don't remember, I don't have instances of memory in the last 23 years where he got those plants out. What I do know, though, is that, you know, often in our arrogance when we're helping people, we think we're the ones that are doing the helping. They need us. (laughs) And it was um, what he showed me was in this. And it's hard to say because here it says Luke carried the cross behind him. Did he actually carry the tail of the cross or is Jesus walking ahead of him? We don't know. But to me, when I was reviewing this with the Lord, he reminded me that he's the only one at the front of the cross with us. You know, if we are called into service, it's to help bear the load. But Jesus is the one at the crossbar with the person who's going through whatever they're going through. You know, so to spare us the boasting and to keep us in a humble spot. The other thing, too, is what he told me is that, you know, or pointed out is that Simon was seized and probably chosen. There's a whole group of people that day watching this. And if I were standing next to you, David, by your stature, he would, he, the, the guards would choose you. They wouldn't choose a 5'4 person. They would choose a big burly guy to come in and help Jesus carry the load. And God had just spoken into my heart, when I choose you into service, if you're that first tier service, like Simon was for me, you will be equipped. You will be equipped by my grace. You will be equipped by whatever's gone in your life to be there and be God in my stead and help and and help somebody carry the load. But I'm still at the front. You're still in the back with the tail, you know, or behind me, however that looks. Mm-hmm. Rosie, did you feel at times that God was seizing you to go do work and service for your family and it was not convenient? Yeah, my whole childhood was right, like that. Right, yeah, So yeah. you're thinking uh, much like Simon was seized to help carry the cross you felt in a same similar way, you got Mm -hmm. seized into duty. Right. Um, And yet you realize that God is teaching you something significant in all of this. Oh, absolutely. That when you are called in to help, you know, often we help and we help with wrong motives. James talks about that. Um, Yes, we were seized into helping my mom in her situation and and making answers. And, you know, life is chaotic. Anybody who's walked with addiction knows life is chaotic. We were doing it, yes, but we were doing it with wrong motives. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the transformation of God is that 23 years later, it's not with wrong motives. It's yes and okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not controlling. It's not saying, well, this is more convenient for me if I can get this done this way today. No, it's sitting at the at the speed of God, which the speed of which God is walking, which might be a lot slower. Mm. Yeah. In, in some ways I hear, you know, you starting off in one one area and then coming through on another, and I'm thinking of like uh, C.S. Lewis when he said, "I got into my carriage, left an atheist, and wrestled with God, and when I got back out on the way home, a change had happened, and I was a Christ follower." Yeah, you know. And at one point, you're like, "I'm I'm dealing with this, you know, this resentment and anger and those things like that," and then finding God transform your heart. And uh, yeah, I mean, like this is the part, Rosie, and and I really love this devotion that you're doing because it talks about this is where the rubber hits the road. I mean, like mm-hmm. as the old folks used to say, this is the shoe leather of our faith where it's not just like, like just cute 
language. It's like the real and the raw of where the gospel is real and shows up in our perfectly imperfect lives. Mm-hmm. You know that we we need him, and and you know you have these you have these circumstances uh, for you, like you didn't you didn't get to choose those, you know, um, and like for Simon, you know, contextually looking at this, Simon's coming from Cyrene, and he's there, and you know we we later read in, in the book of Romans, um, his sons Rufus and Alexander, their lives being transformed because of their dad, but mm-hmm. you know even this this injustice that's happening because. Simon's from Cyrene, which is North Africa, you know, and basically you have Roman soldiers, European Roman soldiers who come and snatch, kidnap this man who's minding his business and say, we're going to put you into force labor. And it's like allowing God to take your greatest hurt, pain and disappointments to become your greatest ministry. Because we don't know the names of the people who snatched them, <laughs> but we know the name of, of, of Cyrene and later and on. Boys. Yeah, and yeah. his boys. And then later on in Acts chapter 6, we're going to read about the freedmen and the, um, and the Cyrenians who mm-hmm. had a part to play uh, in that. And, you know, after the Civil Wars, that was one of the things that was first named was for, for blacks coming out of that was the Freedmen's Bureau. You know, so this this very rich history um, and the sweetness of faith working through you, working through Simon, working through all of us. Um, we can't sometimes we we can't we can't do anything about some of the other things that we just happen to find ourselves in, like other people's decisions. Um, but that still doesn't leave us, uh, you know, off the hook of not addressing what God's addressing in us right now, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes if we could have chose for the, the person in front of us, we would have been like, maybe not that, you know, um, but God in his mercy working in and through your life. Um, and, and guys, this is again, why, you know, faith talk radio, this is why, why we're here, brothers and sisters, you know, we're not just kind of flipping pages and being like, talking about fables and nice stories to make you feel good. No, this scripture is the power unto God. It's the power unto God through the powerful God to change lives. I couldn't agree more, David Miles. And Rosie B., you're doing an outstanding job. I do want to take a break, but when I come back, a nice question came in about, Rosie, how did you start following Jesus? What was the turning point? So I'm going to put you on the spot one more time when we come back. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix. Again, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. Make it up. We'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B are the team. Rosie's doing a great job sharing a devotional that she gave this morning at our uh, staff meeting, which was awesome. And she was talking about 
Luke chapter 23, verse 26, as the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. And one of the questions that came in, Rosie, is how did you uh, start following Jesus and what was your turning point? So following Christ was part of our family. My dad's a deacon of the Catholic Church and still is. I believe I probably gave my life to Christ at five, but it wasn't an environment. um, It just wasn't the language. And like many, I backslid into a lot of, you know, I just felt very far away from God through most of my teens as my mom's illness continued, you know, pressing in with the Lord in my own way, but certainly not in a way that was structured. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I was 36 years old and I'm, this is going to sound so silly, but I was reading the Left Behind series. I've only read to this paragraph. So it was the second book in this paragraph. Um, they're talking about a pastor, the rapture has come and growing up Catholic, I didn't ever read about the rapture. So mm-hmm. to me, it was like reading a bad magazine. I was like, <laughs> can I actually be reading about this? This is you know, this is not how I grew up. And so um, in there was a paragraph and the whole congregation is raptured up except this pastor. And he says a line, and I'm paraphrasing, he says a line, God was in my head, but not in my heart. Oh. Mm. And it, I was babysitting that night. I knew that that was for me. I tried driving around. It was one o'clock in the morning trying to find a church that was open. It's quite ridiculous and ended up in the parking lot of a church right in my neighborhood and um, repented before the Lord and just said, but you have to be a God that comes outside of those four walls. You can't be, you have to be more than what I have understood in the past. Please, will you be the God of the Bible that I knew just slightly? And he deposited a joy in my life that I cannot explain to this day, but my life was, I wo- my husband always says, he goes, I woke up with one woman one day and another woman the next <laughs> because I was radically changed wow. that night. Wow. Great story, Rosie. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes love takes time, doesn't it? It does. It does. And, you know, I think in, uh, what God wanted to show me in particular, and maybe this helps somebody that is listening, is that we want to help in the way that we want to help. And there's a whole lot of control in that because we might feel like we know better. And and maybe you do. And that's still not the invitation that God is giving. He's giving you an invitation to help, period. Mm-hmm. And that means if you clean toilets for that person, then you clean toilets. If that means if it takes a year, then it takes a year. And if it takes 10 years, then it takes that long. My mom struggled with addiction for 40 years. She came to Christ three days before she died. Um, the Lord allowed me to witness that. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And my siblings that were working, that I'm helping now, it's not a quick journey, what they're going through. And it, what they're going through is not addiction. It's just life. And But it's not a quick journey. It's very slow. Well, Rosie, as you're saying that, I, the words from Second Peter 3, 8, as Peter's writing about the day of the Lord, he says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking of this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You know, and you're you're talking about God's uh, God's patience, and 
you know, verse 15 goes on and says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. I mean, like this moment. So like for the person listening right now, Rosie, both two, twofold. For the person who doesn't know, who's like the pastor from Left Behind, where it's in their head, mm-hmm. but not in their heart. And then for the person who does know, and as you were talking, I wrote this down. I'm like, Rosie's driving around at like one o'clock in the morning, looking, like looking to go have a conversation. And so for those who do know, and you're sitting there like, oh, you know, do I share my faith? Do do I talk about Jesus? You know, Rosie was like searching. (laughs) And how many people around us are searching, like truly Mm -hmm. searching, and that the good news that we talk about, it really is good news for that person, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, I... That's, yeah. Mm, so good. We're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. And I sort of prodded Rosie to tell her devotional that she shared today. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way that Simon from Cyrene felt, where he was minding his own business on his way in from the country, and soldiers seized him and put him to work and made him carry the cross behind Jesus. And You know, David and Rosie, every time I've seen this image in my mind, I've seen Simon of Cyrene in front of Jesus. But Luke gives the detail that he was carrying it behind Jesus. And it's such a powerful, humbling image to think that there he was doing what he was asked to do, seized. Mm -hmm. So asked, maybe not, seized, yes. But I think all of us have felt at a time we've been pulled into an environment that we, like Rosie, multiple times, pulled into an environment where she had to serve, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel comfortable. Right. Well, well, think of Simon for a moment, you know, because sometimes we feel that inconvenience, and we feel like some of these things, like, oh, my goodness, like, this was not on my day planner. Mm-hmm. Like, this did, this did not come up in my outlook. But, but think that moment, and now, as we read earlier um, how one day is a thousand years and a thousand years a day. <laughs> People walking up in heaven saying, "You're you're Simon, <laughs> yeah. You like you're the dude who got to carry the cross with Jesus, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and if we think about it, sometimes some of those interruptions when we look back in life, they weren't bad interruptions. You know, they seem like it, but sometimes the fruit that God bears in our life, the things that sometimes through trial. And being going through the fire, those interruptions that maybe seem like these inconveniences, as you were saying earlier, Rosie, they become the gold of our life oh, later. So many gold, so many God gold moments, and and that was part of it too. That um, when God gives you an aha moment, he, I, I was also very aware um, that I missed some aha moments in my sin life and in the way I was perceiving. Um, life at that time. And that was okay too. We, you know, it's the Holy Spirit when you have conviction and you're like, oh yeah, I missed that. Help me not miss future mm-hmm. God moments. So Rosie, for the person listening right now in your story and they're on that other side, what would you say to them? Oh my goodness. I would say to um, have patience, to have, to believe that the love that God shows you is coming through you for somebody else and that to stay before the Lord in both repentance and in request for help 
you know, to have ears to listen and to take the eye out of the equation. What does this person need from me, God? Mm-hmm. So good, Rosie. I don't know if you uh, want to give Rosie a big amen. She'll be watching the text line. So if you want to give amen. her a word <laughs> of encouragement, I know amen. that would be something sh- uh, I would appreciate. Uh-huh. You can text it over to 877-933-2484. I just sprung this on her like an hour yeah. before the show. I love it. You know, she's walking along and you said, Rosie, hey, I, pick up this I'm, devotion. I'm seizing, I'm seizing <laughs> you. I'm making you He's talk about me. this devotion that you shared. Well, everyone loved this morning. Well, thank you. And the the funny part about it is I usually with devotions, <clears throat> excuse me, you write them up. And this is the one I didn't write up. And I'm like, oh, please. Seriously, are we going to do this today? Hopefully I remembered everything. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, sharing that. I enjoyed it. And David, me as too. always, mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks, uh, thank we've you got more so we sweet. can talk about, but we'll do it next week. Oh, this was gold. I agree. Gold. I agree. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, hour two is going to be. Dr. Greg Allison, and he's written a book called 40 Questions About Roman Catholicism. And I started a conversation with a friend who was asking me all kinds of questions about my Catholic upbringing, and I was not super helpful in answering all of his questions. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people in the faith community that listen to faith radio who come from the Catholic tradition, and they still love worshiping in the Catholic faith. So we're going to find out uh, all about what... Protestants and Catholics have in common, and we're going to try to start from a place of common ground and go from there. So any questions you have for my guest, you can text over anytime, 877-933-2484. I intend for this uh, coming hour to be uh, very spirit-filled and kind and merciful and full of grace. So uh, after a short break, we'll be right back with Dr. Greg Allison. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.